0: Welcome back to another episode of Kentucky History and Haunts. I'm your host, Jesse Bartholomew, and today I have a story that takes place back in my hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, and it does take place in the early 1900s, which all the stories that I've done in that time period are so much fun because there's always some quirky little element to it, some like bit of whimsy even though the stories are like about crime and murder. So this one is no exception, as you will find out. So in the early 1900s, a Louisville coroner committed murder. His name was Dr. Hugh McCullough, and he had won re-election in the fall of 1897. So he must have been a pretty well-liked guy and well-respected because coroner was and is an elected position. But yeah, he he went through a bit of a rough patch, and that's the story that I'm going to tell you today. Dr. McCullough had a wife, her name was Hattie, and they had a young son, and together they lived near Melwood and Letterly Avenue. And I had to look up Letterly because it's not a street anymore, so I think it's. It's what Brownsboro Road is now, so just imagine somewhere around where Melwood and Brownsboro meet, if you're from around here. That's where this went down. So, the McCullough family was at war with their neighbors, William and Perina Owen. At war over what, you might be asking? Well, their conflict was over a peafowl. And in case you haven't brushed up on your zoology lately, there's a peacock, which is a male peafowl, and a peahen, which is a female. I did not know this, maybe you did. Um, but for the sake of painting a picture for this story, I'm gonna go ahead and say that it was a peacock because they're prettier. Now, Now that you've got that mental picture, We have to talk about these two families because they were not always at odds. In fact, the McCulloughs had given the Owens that pet peacock as a gift. But then some time passed and things started to go south. On September 17th, 1900, Mr. and Mrs. Owen could be heard from outside their home having a pretty heated argument inside. It was so loud, in fact that the McCullough's could hear everything that was being said. So after hearing that fight, Mrs. McCullough, Hattie, was going around allegedly telling people that if she were in the shoes of Mr. Owen, she would beat Mrs. Owen's face, quote, into a jelly and have her committed to a mental institution, which is not very neighborly. And... She wasn't a very good gossip either because Perina Owen's daughter, Julia, happened to overhear the whole thing. And it's actually kind of sad at this point because Julia went home and basically begged her parents to cut it out and stop fighting because their neighbors were making fun of them. Instead of reacting like a mature, reasonable adult, Mrs. Owen ran over to confront Hattie McCullough and the two matriarchs of the families just had... Like a very public knockdown, dragout fight. So, Dr. Humicola eventually came home, and he went over to the Owens house to try to smooth things over. And apparently, this is what Mrs. Owens said to him: "Quote, yes, I'll drop it for the sake of you and your baby. It wouldn't do me any good to bring you to court for you haven't got anything anyhow." So things were not great after this failed attempt at reconciliation. And again on September 22nd, there was another argument between the families. And then there was the Peacock incident. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and The bird got loose from the Owens yard and it moseyed on over to the McCullough's house and hung out there for a little bit and then it went back to the Owens yard. Now, there are two versions of what happens next and I'm going to leave it up to you to decide what you think and, you know, go ahead and send me a message or an email and let me know um, because I am curious. I know what I think. So, the story goes that Mrs. McCullough who, remember, had gifted the Owens the peacock in the first place, apparently she sent two men over to the Owens' house to retrieve the peacock. And when they got over to her house, Perina Owen was like, no, why would I give you back the peacock that she gifted me? And when the two men came back empty-handed, Hattie McCullough lost it. She grabbed a gun, ran over to Mrs. Owen's house, and shot five bullets in the direction of the home. There was never clarification as to whether she was shooting at the house itself, Mrs. Owen, or the Peacock. And later, Mrs. Owen even added to her story a bit and claimed that Hattie had run back to her house to grab a second gun and came back to fire two more shots. And again dr hugh mccullough came home to just an absolute shit show going on between the neighbors so according to perina owen at that time hattie handed her husband the gun and said quote take this pistol and kill her and then hugh walked up to mrs owen with the gun but just said something along the lines of look you gotta stop this trouble with my wife At this point, the Owens' 21-year-old son, George, came home from his job at the Melwood Distillery, and, you know, he sees this scene happening. He sees this guy confronting his mom in his mom's face and holding a gun, and it's at this point that Hugh shot George in the chest. Now, we'll talk about the details in a minute, but Dr. McCullough took off after that, And a physician named Dr. P.B. Morris arrived at the scene and declared George dead instantly. Since McCullough was, as I mentioned, the coroner, there was no one around to accept the body, and it sat in a doorway for nearly five hours before Magistrate Augustus could come and perform the examination. Now, when I say that Dr. McCullough took off, I don't mean he ran away. He just went home. So two police officers came to get him, and he allegedly said to them, quote, Well, boys, it looks like I'm in trouble. They took him into custody, but quickly decided he wasn't really a flight risk, so they kind of just let him out to roam around in the jail. And Hugh apparently spent the evening in a surgeon's office at the jail cell and spoke with a Courier-Journal reporter at some point And immediately started to claim self-defense. He told reporters that the son, George, had rushed him with a knife and then he said, quote, the whole family has been terrorizing the neighborhood and George seemed to have a special hatred for me. They have always been obnoxious. The mother pried into the affairs of the neighbors and trouble often resulted about two weeks ago they began their attacks on my wife and myself they irritated us in every conceivable manner it finally became unbearable and last week i reported them to the police he also told reporters that he had heard rumors that the son was planning to murder him and furthermore he certainly didn't go over to their house with the intention of harming anyone He was simply trying to defuse the situation with the wives. They had an examining trial in police court starting on September 26th, so like right after the incident. An officer named Maurice Dooling said he was looking for evidence in the yard the morning after the murder when he found an open bone-handled knife in some vines by the front porch just a few feet from where George had been standing when he was shot. And the prosecutor was like, no, we're not really buying that. So this is where things get interesting. See, while Officer Dueling was hanging out looking for clues, he started talking with Mrs. Owen and one of her daughters, and he didn't know... Then, that Julia, the other daughter, was watching everything from the side porch. And remember, Julia is also the one that overheard Mrs. McCullough talking shit about her mom. So, Julia is just like quite the observer. But Julia had already told the prosecution that she saw Dueling drop the knife in the vines when he thought no one was around to see. Mrs. Owen said she could get witnesses together who would all testify that her son didn't own a knife. The next day, on the 27th, McCullough's friends pooled their money and he made bail. And the examining trial continued and Mrs. Owen told the room the story of how Mrs. McCullough handed her husband the gun with instructions to kill her. Hugh himself went on the stand and said his wife was shooting her gun into the air, trying to get the attention of the police, which is, that's really some claim. And he went on to say that he was, quote, an officer of the law and had a right to carry one. And he said that his wife didn't hand him a gun. So the one that I guess he pulled out was one that he was carrying himself. So now there are either two guns or three guns in a situation. Um... I'm not going to repeat all the excerpts from his testimony because the main part of it involves a sad thing about the dog, which I can't handle. I can talk about murder all day, but not, you know, dog stuff. So basically he just says that he approached the house. When he got close, Mrs. Owen started yelling at him, calling him names. George pulled up. George tried to have the family dog attack Hugh. Hugh saw the gun or the knife in George's hand And so Hugh shot George. Obviously, people wanted to know how Hugh knew that George Owen had planned to kill him. So at this point, he was like, oh, well, these two people are living with me. A guy named Willie and a girl named Katie Hogan. They're tenants of mine right now. And they heard or saw all of this. and, And heard him say that George wanted to kill me. And... Hugh McCullough also had to explain that even though it was nighttime when all this occurred, he could tell George had a knife because there was a really bright light a couple hundred feet away, but it provided sufficient illumination for him to be able to see that he was being charged with that weapon. The knife. Now the defense brought up Captain John Euler, who was George's uncle. He entered the scene about five minutes after the murder, and he said he searched the body and the surrounding area for a knife and couldn't find anything. So that's great that they let a family member crawl all over the crime scene. And so three other people close to George all testify, and they all said that they didn't know George to carry a knife or own one. By the end of that day, the defense was asking for the case to be dismissed, uh, citing, you know, the whole thing to have obviously been self-defense. And the jury said, no, we're going to go ahead and have a trial with the grand jury. Dr. Hugh McCullough was indicted on October 22nd. And just to make things more interesting, they went ahead and started to investigate him on charges of having extorted money from local undertakers, which I feel like every time I research something from this time period, someone is committing extortion. Like that was just the thing in the early 1900s. So anyway, two days later on the 24th, Hugh's wife, Hattie was also indicted. Her charge was maliciously shooting at, but not injuring, Mrs. Owen. And then icing on the cake, remember Officer Dueling? He was indicted on a charge of being an accessory after the fact since Julia said she'd seen him plant the knife. The trial started on November 21st, so Hugh had to tell his story all over again. And prosecutor Hagen told the jury that he would prove that George Owen didn't have a knife and wasn't known to carry one. Now, the defense had a little ammo in this case because it turns out that George was not the most upstanding kid. He had once attacked his own invalid father with a club and was under a peace bond at the time of his death, which from what I understand is basically probation. But the court decided that speculation of George's character had to be stricken from the record. Another strange thing that happened, the state exhumed George's body, like very recently after it had been buried, to take the undershirt he'd been wearing when he was shot to ask his mother during the trial if it was in fact his, which I don't know about that. Um, The defense started pointing out inconsistencies in Mrs. Owen's story. She had said that Mrs. Hattie McCullough had fired the gun at her, and then she said the house, and then she said the peacock. She also had to agree that she had in the past said on record that the McCullough family had been kind to her, even lent her money in the past. And then she also changed up her story about the number of guns and bullets involved in the incident. They asked a couple of George's friends who were with him earlier in the evening to testify. Two of them were pretty uninteresting, but the third guy, Fred Krause, really shook things up. He was a prosecution witness, but ended up working in favor of the defense. Krauss confirmed that George had indeed encouraged their dog to attack Hugh. He also told the jury that Dr. Hugh had backed up several steps before he fired his gun. And when this was all said and done, apparently the prosecution tried to backtrack and say that, no, Krause was not an honorable man, even though they're the ones who had him testify. None of the three witnesses could confirm nor deny anything about the knife, so that just wasn't even talked about. So the second day of the trial, a lot of it was spent trying to scratch Fred Kraus's statement from the record. And then they tried to trip up Dr. McCullough during cross-examination, and he apparently did very well. And his tenant, Katie Hogan, apparently did not do so well. Now remember, Katie Hogan is one of the two people that was living in the McCullough house. And she started having contradictions in her statements from the previous day. The defense also put a doctor on the stand who testified that there were no powder burns on George Owens' corpse, which might have implied that it was true that Dr. McCullough had been backing away from him when he fired his weapon. If he had been at a closer range, the defense argued that there would have been gunpowder residue on George's clothes and his body. Now, by the end of the day, it had basically become a contest of who had a better reputation And while George did not have a ton of people sticking up for his character, Dr. McCullough had several, including a senator. The jury started to deliberate on November 23rd, and it took them just 30 minutes for them to reach their verdict. The jury found Dr. Hugh McCullough not guilty. After the trial, the patriarch of the Owen family, William, committed suicide in 1904, allegedly. His suicide was in the form of whiskey combined with three ounces of carbolic acid, but there was gossip that Mrs. Owen may have intentionally poisoned him. Mrs. Owen had sent one of her sons to the druggist on the night William died to pick up a nickel's worth of carbolic acid. Later it was discovered that she had been abusive to William and other family members and that there was an insurance policy on him and a pension for his military service. So there's definitely motive there. She was arrested on October 17th 1904 and she immediately started to kind of craft her story. So she claimed that she had put the drug in the whiskey to kill bed bugs and to use as a cleaning solution for floors and beds. And she said that her husband drank it, just not realizing that she had added the carbolic acid to it. So she went on to say that he was a terrible alcoholic. He'd been drinking that whole day. He'd been drinking the several days leading up to it. But other witnesses said that wasn't true and that they had witnessed a sober William Owen even up to 20 minutes before his death. The trial did not go well for the prosecution, things sort of just fell apart, and the charge was dismissed on October 20th, which was just three days after the murder. Um, They just did not waste any time back then, you know. And for the record, Dr. McCullough was not the coroner who examined William Owen's body and did not have to testify in the trial against the woman whose son he murdered. So yeah, still lots of questions, as there usually are with cases, you know, just not well documented from this time period. I don't know what happened to Hattie McCullough or the police officer who may have planted that knife. The only thing I can find out about him is that he passed away in 1942. You can find Dr. Hugh McCullough's obituary on the internet. Um, They've got a nice little sketch of him next to it. He lived to be 83 years old. He died in Butchertown. His obituary does not mention his run-in with the law or anything about what his life looked like after, except that he'd been retired a long time before he passed away. Now, I can't help but feel like there was some major corruption in this case. He was an elected official. The police officer was seen planting a weapon at the scene. He was well-to-do. He had friends in high places, like senators. And the Owen family was not at all. In fact, they'd had to borrow money from the McCulloughs in the past. And it's all just very suspicious to me. But the jury found him not guilty, so that is that. And there you have it. That is the story of the McCullough and Owen families in Louisville, Kentucky. Moral of the story? Don't buy your neighbor a peacock. I have been getting a ton of suggestions from you all lately for topics for the show. So, I've put together this like big long list that I'm so excited about. And if you want to add to that list, I love getting new suggestions and hearing about new things. It's so much fun. So, You can send an email to kyhistoryhaunts at gmail.com, or you can send me a DM on Instagram at kyhistoryhaunts, or find the Facebook page, Kentucky History and Haunts. Also, there's a Twitter now as well. And I also wanted to give you guys a little update. So everyone is always like, why are you not covering Waverly? Why have you not done an episode on Waverly? I've never been to Waverly, and I just, I wanted that to be something where I went there before I covered it. And I have good news, I am going for an overnight in May with a group that's like a paranormal investigation group. So I'm going to do the damn thing and then I will put together an episode and release it. So that is the plan, and uh, for this episode, I use the book Cruelly Murdered, The Murder of Mary Magdalene Pitts and Other Kentucky True Crime Stories, it's by Kevin McQueen. I have a bunch of books by him now. He's such a fun writer. Um, He makes this research so much fun. So definitely check out any book by him. And thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please remember to subscribe and leave a review if you're listening on Apple. And I look forward to bringing you all another topic again very soon.